I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Miranda. Hey, Taylor. What kind of car do puppies always bark at? What kind of car do puppies always bark at? The Cadillac. (laughs) It's a Cadillac. It's a puppy. It's a Cadillac. Bok bok, hello! Hiya, bok bok! Welcome back to the Sleep and Papa podcast. Are you talking to me or the audience? The audience. Hi, audience. Didn't I say welcome to you already? I don't know. Well, oh, you welcome. said hello and then you told me that great joke. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Good. My name is Taylor. This is our guest host for this week, Miranda. Miranda's still here, guys. Still here. We're going Still on talking about like dogs. nearly a month now. Yeah. Look, this might be it for me. I don't know. Mm. I don't, <laughs> we'll find I don't out. want to say goodbye to another host though. Like, <laughs> I'm not a host. I'm just a fill-in. I'm like the inside of a cream egg. But you're really good. Yes. <laughs> just like the inside of a cream <laughs> egg. <laughs> oh, dear. Have you got a story for us? Um, I do have a story. Um, Now, this is. Look, I've had such great success in my last three episodes here on mm. the Flu Fampersan Papa um, <laughs> podcast um, with science that I thought I would take science to you a whole nother level. You are very good with the science, yes. Okay, dogs and science, Miranda, three things that go together. <clears throat> dog science, Miranda. <laughs> dog science, Miranda. So I'm going to tell you about Sandy the science dingo. Stop it. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about a dingo. Named Sandy. Is a dingo technically a dog? This oh, producer Zane says yes. <laughs> well, um, dingoes are wild dogs, right? Yeah. And what's interesting? Oh, says type of dog. Yeah, dingo dog, a dingo dog. Um, so the dingo is a um Australian wild dog. For those of you who are listening to us from not around Australia, the world, from yeah. not Australia, um. Dingoes are wild dogs. Have I said that enough? I think I'm not sure, but I they're think they're kind of like um, wild. You, you wouldn't kind really of dogs. have a dingo as a pet. No, you wouldn't like. Wouldn't. You wouldn't go to the the shops and buy a dingo no. as a pet <laughs> no. animal. Like it's it's a, it's a wild. It's animal. It's not a breed. It's a wild animal. That's right. Um, and what has happened is Sandy has won a competition. The dingo. Sandy the dingo has won a competition. I didn't know dingoes had taken out first place in the world's most interesting genome competition. So oh. Sandy gets to have her genome mapped for science. Why didn't they ask me if I wanted my genome mapped? Because you're not one of the world's most interesting genome creatures. I'm Rude. sorry. <laughs> you're just like a human and they've mapped that already. I don't know. <laughs> So Sandy is a wild-born, pure Australian desert dingo. 
And uh, she won this competition on behalf of the University of New South Wales. Um, so they have they developed this proposal to put Sandy forward to have her DNA decoded, and she was one of the finalists for this um, Pacific Bioscience Smart Grant. And Smart is an acronym without an A. S M R T. Smart. Science loves acronyms that create words. That's actually called an initialism. Oh gosh. When it's S M R T, because it's not. So, like NASA the is an acronym word. because you say NASA, you don't say the NASA. Yes. But the CIA is an initialism because you say the letters, not Kia. But I think you would say smart. You wouldn't you say SMRT grant because they're trying to be smart, smart. about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's an acronym, but it's just a bad anyway, one. Uh, so, this is a grant to have the genome mapped. Um, so. Uh, they use cutting-edge sequencing to completely map out the genome of a particularly fascinating plant or animal. That's what the prize of this grant is. Like, I definitely know what it is, but just for our viewers, do you want to explain? Our viewers, our listeners, do you want to explain what a genome is? It's like genes and stuff, just yeah. genes. So like, you're mapping out the dingoes, like uh, pants, the genetic and, like- material. Oh, okay. So just say like DNA. And <laughs> Did this you just say pants? Yeah, <laughs> like denim. Pants. Yeah. Because dingoes wear pants. Just get the lower half of their wardrobe and you just like map it out. <laughs> just map it out. Make a pattern So it's like off their it. DNA and how it's all formed. And- That's right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so the public actually determined the winner from a uh, final list of five finalists. So Ooh, who else Sandy secured 41% of the international community voting. 41%. That is a huge margin out That's, of five. But international people love Australia. Yeah. Have you noticed? Like they're very fascinated with Australia. Yeah, especially it's not that. But I think it's also because people love dogs. True, and people have had a very special connection with dogs since like cavemen. True. Yeah. Anyway, dogs best friend. That's fine. Uh, so closely followed by <laughs> this is this is the other the other four creatures who were in this yeah, competition. The temple pit viper snake. Yep. A solar-powered sea slug. <gasps> okay, I'm sorry. Who wasn't voting for the sea slug? <laughs> Imagine what we could have discovered in the DNA uh, of a yeah. solar-powered sea slug. An explosive bombardier beetle. Ugh, that just sounds messy. And a pink pigeon. <laughs> I'm sorry, and the dingo won because... Because people love dogs. <clears throat> so... Sandy is okay. a gift to science, according to Professor Bill Ballard of the University of New South Wales Professor School of Biotechnology and Biomecular Sciences. God, that was a long title. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. <laughs> Sandy is truly a gift to science. As a rare wild-born pure dingo, she provides a unique case study. Pure dingoes are intermediate between wild wolves and domestic dogs oh, with a range of non-domesticated traits. That so make sequencing sense. Sandy's genome will help pinpoint some of the genes for temperament and behaviour that underlie the transition from wild animals to perfect pets. Oh. As well as learning more about dingo genetics, um, will their efforts will help to conserve these wonderful Australian animals through the development of improvised tests for dingo purity. They're dingo purists, obviously. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that Very is. elite. 
So Sandy um, and her sister and brother, she's actually, you know, part of a triplet, uh, were found as three-week-old pups in the Australian desert near a track in New South Wales that I cannot pronounce. There's no. like more consonants than vowels and I don't understand no, how to say that okay. word. I mm. believe you. So they were discovered by animal lovers Barry and Lynn Eggleton who hand-reared them. So Australian. Barry and Lynn <laughs> found Barry some Lynn. bloody uh, dingoes. <laughs> they found some dingoes in the desert and uh, they hand-reared them. Uh, apparently the pups were close to death and they couldn't find their parents, so they looked after them. The Dingo Sequencing Project will be the first to test Charles Darwin's 1868 theory that the processes of domestication can be divided into two steps, the unconscious selection as a result of non-intentional human influences and artificial selection, which is the result of breeding, deliberate breeding by humans. For desired traits. Right, yeah. So okay. they take two dogs and they go, I like Aww, the hair of this cute. dog if and I like the shape this. of this dog and I put them together and I create like the perfect dog. Yeah. That's what breeding's all about. As opposed to evolution where they're like, this isn't a useful trait. This isn't a survival trait. So, so it dies out. It dies out. out. Yeah. yeah. Um, they had a big campaign to uh, get the dingo, you know, popularity up for the competition. Yeah, that's hard competing um, against a solar-powered slug and a pink pigeon. I know, Which right? I have just looked up. It's quite stunning. The pink pigeon? Yeah, look at or it. Or the slug. <laughs> it's really oh, snazzy. Wow. It's like a flamingo. Yeah, but, but in a, a pigeon. pigeon. Anyway, that's that's not that an is, easy win. That is interesting. But that's just colour, right? This is I think there's a this lot is more hot. genetic. Yeah. <laughs> um they set up a Dancing with Dingoes Facebook page to enlist the support of the community around the world. But don't actually go and do that unless you like <laughs> no, safe no. about it. I can't imagine dingoes would be <gasps> you know, trainable in dance sport. Also solar powered slug. slugs are very fascinating creatures. It looks like a leaf. It does look like a leaf. Confusing. So the sequencing <laughs> The sequencing will actually oh, – oh, the other thing is that they took some pure alpine dingoes. I'm not sure what an alpine dingo would be. Um, I'm not sure either. Because dingoes are Australian and we don't have any of the Alps here. So uh, maybe you can look that up while I continue to talk. But they took these uh, dingo pups to the university campus for everyone to meet. Um. I think that that probably is what won them the competition. Yeah, they they campaigned pretty hard for it. They campaigned so hard. Yeah, that's fair. And they campaigned with puppies. I mean, take, yeah, it's pretty take that hard. You can't you can't <laughs> take a solar powered slug. You can't take a sea slug to a university campus and be like, look at this cute slug. <laughs> I mean, you could with me, but like, probably not everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so the dingo went out. Uh, the sequencing will be carried out at the University of Arizona um, with analysis done by a company in Germany. So it's quite an international affair. Australia has so many interesting animals to sequence and the results enhance our understanding of evolution and biology and help improve agriculture and pest management. There you go. Oh, dingoes were introduced to Australia about 5,000 years ago. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very old. It is widely accepted they were not domesticated yeah. by Indigenous Australians and pure dingoes are becoming increasingly rare. When you search Alpine Dingo, Sandy the Dingo is one of the dingoes that comes up. There you go. How many times can we say dingo in one podcast? I don't know. Dingo. dingo. <laughs> um, there's not a lot of information on the Alpine Dingo, but from 
only 1,570,000 results, but one of them is a uh, mini loader uh, truck, so not okay. that one. Um, but from <laughs> what I can after. deduce, they're, they're kind of uh, – uh, no. They're dingoes. They're dingoes. I, I can't deduce anything. It's a type of desert dingo, I think. Yeah, the classic desert It's just a little dingo. bit whiter. They're quite light in colour. Sandy, yeah. Sandy is probably named for her colour. Yes. She's Sandy Accurate. in colour and she was found in the Sandy Desert. Okay. Sandy the dingo. <laughs> it's the end of my story. The end. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's some like very interesting stuff. And World's most I... interesting genome. Very, yo, yo. very cool. Um, I have a dog to talk about today. Is it Sandy? It is not. Is it? It's white in color. White. White. I mean, I would ask you to try and guess, but you'll never get it. I definitely will get it. You just try me. Just give me three guesses. Does it start with the letter A? No. I thought we were still. I literally (laughs) clicked on the lower half of the alphabet when I was looking for a dog breed this week. (laughs) Does it start with the letter X? No. I don't get any. Uh, Yeah, there's like two. Okay. Is that your guesses? No. <laughs> Did we do three it? Three guesses. I got three guesses. Um, I have no idea. Just tell me what it is. This week we are looking at the Rajapalayam dog. Yeah, that definitely would have been my next guess. <laughs> <laughs> They're heckin' cute though. Look at them. Oh my gosh. They're from India. Ooh. Yeah. Um, which is cool. They're not... Now, when you look them up on like Wikipedia and stuff, how do I spell it to look it up oh, on okay. Wikipedia? R A J A R A L A Y A M. There's a lot of A's. R A J A P A L A Y A M. It's like they just like mashed the keyboard I'm, and went I'm a, done. My in, my Hindi is not very good, but I think it's Raja Palayam. I have been to India and that's probably about as close as I can get to a correct pronunciation. The Indian sight hound, much easier yeah, to pronounce. there you go. So it's called the Indian sight hound or also known as the polygar hound. Um, and it's a companion, it was, sorry, a companion of the royalty and aristocracy in southern India, particularly in the um, the town of Rajapalayam. It's, it's a royal dog. Yep. I love a royal dog. I love the fancy dogs. Fierce and loyal royal guard. Yeah. So they're very loving and affectionate um, to the people that they know. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Very friendly, kind to its master and family with high protective instincts. Makes a wonderful and dependable watch and guard dog. Hmm. It's instinctively wary of strangers to the extent that it does not like to be patted by people it doesn't know. So that's probably Mm. why they were a great... um, like royalty dog because they were good, good with the royal family but not with strangers, right? Which is kind of what you want. That's wanted. what you want in a dog. Yeah. If you're <laughs> our queen has corgis, yeah, that's as far away from this as you yeah, can they're possibly like, Hello, get. I'll play with anybody. Oh, you have a gun? Come over here and pet me. <laughs> um, this intelligent breed has an exceptional sense to tell friend from foe and it will instantly attack any perceived threat. So its appearance works as a natural deterrent for intruders it can get along with other dogs but should not be trusted around smaller pets due to high prey drive oops so they're quite they were quite like hunty dogs yeah mm-hmm. but they're um they're like 
all white, almost like. They're all white, yeah. And then they've kind of got like ready kind of, they've got sort of like a ready pinky nose with like mm. it's almost red and pink around their eyes as well. Like a, what's the word I'm looking for, Zane? You're <laughs> always helpful with words. Yeah, you always help. And then when we need you, just nowhere. Um. I'm assuming you didn't mean like eyeshadow, but it kind of looks no. like it no. kind of looks like they've got like a they base look, coat of eyeshadow on them. They almost look like an albino version of another dog. Oh, I do know what you mean, but I can't think either. But then not quite that colorless. No, in the not eye quite. And- not quite. But they're mm. they're all very white. They're very they're very sweet looking dogs. But you can also they they have quite long legs mm. um, and it's, long body, so you can see why they'd also be quite a like prey predator yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, says they're a rare breed. But a person mm. seeing this dog for the first time might mistake them for a miniature great Great Dane. Yeah, they do kind of look like a Great Dane, but just very white and smaller and smaller. <laughs> um, they're technically not recognized by any major kennel club as a breed. <gasps> but that's I'm going to hazard a guess that that's because they're, they're native to India and rare, so yeah. no one really shows them in yeah. like American kennel club or like British kennel club. Um but oh, they do very come cute. in other colors. They also come in uh brindle and speckled white and cream. <laughs> speckled white and cream. Um they do require quite a bit of exercise. Um, and like when you look at them, they're quite lanky dogs. So you kind of think they would like to run. Um, they train easily, but must be started and finished by the same person as the dog will react negatively if the original trainer is changed. So it plays into more of that, like loyalty to owner and family. So you can't really pass them around, you know? Okay. You know, I won't pass them around, you know, I will not pass around. Don't share your Rajapala. Um, their general health is like pretty good. Um, they have a pretty short coat, so it's really easy to take care of. You just brush it once in a while. Um, ears should be checked often, all that kind of stuff. It says being an all white dog, the Rajapala Yam is prone to deafness. Oh, but I don't. What's that got to do with being a white? I dog? I don't know. So I might need to explore that a little bit further. Yeah, but it's saying that being a white dog. Makes you more prone to hearing Must be something about the links in the genes. Maybe yeah. we'll find out after oh, we Producer finish. Zane's nodding, so it's we something along mapping, those lines. We finish mapping, Sandy. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Anyway, so they are... Shum, 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 shum. Shum, 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 That's the sound of a Rajabhapara. That's the sound they make. They're so cute. They're, like, really long and, like, That's what They just look like they're constantly, like, getting taller. They look very regal. Like, they've got sort of... Thick necks, but yeah, thin they do limbs. look like a royalty dog. Hey, yeah, like they just fit a little crown on their little square heads. Um, it is believed that, that four Rajapala Yams once saved the life of their master fighting against a tiger <gasps> and killing it bravely many <gasps> years ago near a forest. Near a forest of in all India. places. <laughs> they are largely used to guard the rice fields, houses, and farms. In the last two decades, the Indian Army started using them as guard dogs to support the army in the borders of Kashmir. Dogs Again, very protective. Jobs. Yeah, dogs are jobs. Very protective, very loyal, but very good. They don't really like to be touched. They're not. They're not a cuddly dog, which is again probably why they're they rare because people don't breed them to like take them they home. They don't and look like a cuddly dog. No, not really. But they also they're still cute, but like they also don't look like a traditional sort of. We think of guard dogs as like, um, 
you know, big, muscular, beefy dogs, stocky dogs. dogs. Yeah, they're no, not they're not stocky. like that either. They're quite thin, actually. But I would probably be scared if one they started look fast. running at me. Yeah, <laughs> they look really fast and agile. Yeah. And that's kind of, yeah, how they're bred, I think. Um, yeah. Powerful jaws enclose strong teeth that meet in a scissor bite. <laughs> like a shark. <laughs> What's on land? <laughs> um, they're largely aggressive and hostile towards strangers. They will attack intruders. Socialization in puppyhood is important. Um, they usually do not get along well with other pets like cats because they just want to hunt everything. They want to eat them. So yeah, they're they're really kind of a working dog or like yeah. if you're perhaps a bachelor, like I said, looking very regal mm. and very loyal to their lot, owners. Or, be yeah, protective. they're very loyal. They're very protective, but they're not going to be good. Like you're not going to take them to the dog park and have them socialize because they just won't go for it. Not keen. Not keen. Anyway, I thought it was a bit of a random one today. It's not a common. I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it. Yeah, but I, I like those ones every yeah. now and again. Is like learning the weird ones. But yeah, Rajapalayama dog. Someone please correct me in comments or um, message us if I'm saying that very wrong. But Rajapama, oh, I was going to try and say it fast, <laughs> but I missed. just say it fast. Rajapalayama. Nice. Good but job. They're cute. I still would want to meet one. Not pat it because it would get mad at me. No, but just, just look at it. Yeah. I imagine they'd look really good in like a velvet cape. Oh, my gosh. I totally, when you started to say that sentence, I thought velvet cape. And then you said it. I said velvet 100%. cape. 100%. They would look so good in a cape. So good. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. You're most welcome. Thank you for teaching me all about the Rosa dog. You're most welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a uh, tip and trick? Well, I would like to talk a little bit more about doggy behavior. Sure. Yeah. Um, specifically cardboard Okay. Yeah. What do you mean when you say cardboard? Well, dogs. When they're bored and they start writing you a card? To chew stuff like shoes. Yes. And cardboard. Yes. They love to chew cardboard. Yes. Um, when I. When I was, well, I was going to say when I was a puppy, but I was not a puppy. <laughs> I missed that phase. <laughs> Back when I was a puppy. Uh, now, when Tui was a puppy, one of the things that was suggested to me because she was a bit of a chewer was mm. to make sure that she had things that it was okay for her to chew on. And one of the things that was suggested to me was toilet paper rolls. Yep. And if you look up – We do that. If you look up, um, you know, how to keep your dog busy or making toys for your dog's homemade DIY mm-hmm, dog toys, mm-hmm. there's always a toilet paper roll situation. Yeah, and you put it, it – you fill it with like peanut butter. Could, yeah, that's yeah. what I did with her a lot. Put, yeah. Like fold the ends over and put some kibble and peanut butter and maybe Yeah, and then some, they have to kind of chew it apart to get it out and it occupies like, them. Keeps them occupied. Yep. They can like gnaw on the cardboard but then they also have peanut butter and stuff. They can lick off it as, a, you know, fun. But you can also do things like make – little maize balls and things out of them. You can do all sorts of other stuff with them. Um, uh, Somebody once told me that they used, they would put like soft food or stuff in there, watered watered down a bit and put it in the freezer. Oh, and then have it like an ice block? So it was like an ice block but it was held together in the cardboard. In the cardboard, yeah. You didn't need a mould or anything for it Mm -hmm. and you could make lots of little ones and you can do things like put – um, put something in the middle that's a high-value treat and freeze around it. So that was one of the things. And I I was thinking, because I did this a lot, I wonder if it's okay that she's eating so much cardboard. 
Like, is it all right for dogs to eat cardboard? Tell me, tell me now. Well, they can eat cardboard. It's pretty safe, but too much cardboard might be a bad thing. Um, okay. So, so we do in need to moderation. <laughs> cardboard in moderation. Uh, so plenty of dogs have a special place in their heart for toilet paper rolls or cardboard boxes. <laughs> they love sentence. to tear them apart and, and gnaw on them. Um, and usually it's the tearing them apart that they enjoy most. Mm-hmm. But plenty of dogs really do actually consume the Oh, yeah, portion. especially the bigger ones where they just kind of go chomp, chomp, chomp. There's no controlling what, what goes down. Gone now? Um, so why do dogs seek out eating cardboard? Tell me. Well, because they like cardboard, I think. The, um, <laughs> but uh. is it okay for them? Uh, the cardboard is not toxic, but it isn't particularly digestible. So if they eat a large quantity, there is a small chance yeah, it could, they could get become sick. an obstruction. Yep. Um, so if your dog does love eating a lot of cardboard, you should look out for some symptoms like um, lethargy, vomiting, constipation, or diarrhea, burping. Is also another one. Yeah. I don't think I've ever noticed my dog burp. I have. Burp. What does it sound like when a dog burps? Is it kind of like a barky Pretty burp? similar. No, it's pretty similar. Maybe just a bit more gravelly, just a bit more like a <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Zola anyway. does it. <laughs> so if any of those things it's come up, you should always take your dog to the vet. But generally it shouldn't be a problem if you're giving them a little bit every now and then and you're keeping an eye on them when they're doing it, not just leaving things around for them to, you know, munch on whenever they mm-hmm. feel like it. Um, so they might seek out cardboard because they feel like there's something legitimately missing from their diet. So they think, oh, this cardboard will do it. I don't know why a dog would think that. Like when pregnant women get cravings or something and it's because the baby needs something in that food. (laughs) The baby needs gherkins. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you just do, you know. Like maybe the dogs are like, hmm, haven't had much paper today. Need to up that in my diet. (laughs) So why if they've got real food to eat, are they looking for cardboard? Um, Sometimes it's a compulsive and chronic issue called pica. Which is the description chew? of the behavior to chew. Um, <laughs> dogs are hardwired. <laughs> Producers ain't just got my joke. <laughs> Thank you. Pikachu? Yeah. Oh, no, but seriously, that's the condition. It's like a compulsion to chew. I didn't even notice your joke because it was like actually the answer to your question. <laughs> Okay, P-I-K-A? P-I-C-A. They process a lot of information about the world around them using their mouths. So it's normal and natural for a dog to want to chew things up. Giving them a safe outlet with um, chew toys is important. And you can use some cardboard items like uh, toilet paper rolls to create chew toys for them. So the things that your dog likes about chewing cardboard um, are also about shredding it. Dogs know how to shred paper and cardboard because it's akin to the feeling of feathers in their mouth. It's uh-huh, something you know, if they were birds. if they were hunting, it's it's a hunting breed thing. So it's it's sort of in their genes. Um, they're also looking for entertainment, and it's something that takes longer to do than just gnawing at some kibble. Yep. So it really could be boredom. They feel like there's something missing in their diet, so they're chewing up boxes to see if that'll fix it. Um, or, yeah, they just enjoy the hunting instinct connection. Um, 
so there's lots of things that you can do uh, to stop them from chewing cardboard if things it's you to be don't too much. want them to treat. Right, yeah. And that is to provide other types of chew toys or give them a particular type of cardboard that they're allowed. So okay. if they're going into your recycling bin and pulling out giant boxes. Yeah, because you don't want anything don't do with that. like ink on it, right? Like yeah, you don't want anything with too much ink. Glossy. Or gloss. Thick. Uh, cardboard. You want it to be pretty like naturally yeah. kind of stuff. And definitely nothing that's like foam core inside it or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Because that is going into a toxic sort of place. Yeah. So um, things like using toilet paper rolls and putting other things in them so that the the uh, cardboard itself isn't the complete experience will help them to, um, you know, process it all as well so they're not just chewing down some cardboard and then having some trouble with their belly later. So there you go. That's what you want. Nothing wrong with cardboard. Just keep it. Just be careful. Yeah, and uh, keep it under control. And sometimes it's useful um, to keep them uh, entertained for a little while and to redirect destructive behaviours from other things like shoe chewing, which was my problem with Tui. See, I haven't had a shoe chewy dog before. Oh, she loves. I've only had kind of. <gasps> Our oh, dogs have loved tissues. You know, you <laughs> know, if you accidentally, out of the box. <laughs> either that or if you, you leave a tissue or like a napkin or a something. Used one? Yeah. Ooh. Or either way. Dogs the, are so gross. Yes, yeah, so and gross. Cute. For a while, my little sister used to like to leave her underwear lying around in her bedroom, <laughs> and Zola thought that was a great time. Wow. And we would sometimes find her with underwear wrapped around her <laughs> head. <laughs> Well, Victoria's Secret sports bra kind of oh, on her body. I have I have lost a bra to the chewer before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. It does happen. But we love our dogs anyway. And the important thing is give them things that it's okay to chew and then they won't go after things that are not okay. Correct. Correct. And if you slather it in peanut butter, that's even better. Yes. But the safe peanut butter. Safe peanut butter. Peanuts only peanut butter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm cool. Cool. Done. Good. I'm done. Good. Happy? I've given you all of my dog information for today. Oh, yay. Thank you so much for coming on. Again. Again. You're so good for coming back. <laughs> Thank you. It has been my pleasure. Uh, if you want to uh, also thank Miranda for uh, delivering some great dog knowledge, you can go on our socials. We have the Facebook page, Floof and Papa, with an ampersand. We have Instagram, which is Floof and Papa Podcast. And we have a Twitter account, which is at Floof and Papa. Uh, thanks to That's Not Canon Productions for having us. It's always fun to sit here. I've got a special like red it. microphone that I use for all of. The oh, podcasting that I you're on. Yeah, yeah, I always is, use the yellow one. This is my chair. Yeah, this is my chair, fun. and I always use the yellow I'm one. I'm glad we didn't accidentally have the I same know. chair. I know. I the other day, I think I guessed it on something, and I was like, I hope nobody's sitting in my chair because this is where I sit. <laughs> I don't know what I'd do if I was sitting on the other side of the room. Yeah, it'd be weird. It would be weird. We're not doing that. Anyway, bork bork goodbye. Bork bork. Bye bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.